0: Alex Spencer, will you marry me? <laughs> yes. Of course <laughs> We're getting married. Don't you think it's time that I meet my future in-laws? Alex was was actually hoping you could come for a visit, but I completely understand we'll you're coming really right now, right now and, what? Wow, okay. Please call me mama. And you can call me San- Santos. Santos. <laughs> Just call me Mr. C. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Is that a sleigh? Circle, I'm sorry. Then it's decided. We'll all stay together like one big happy family. There's nothing in any database anywhere about this man that you would have us call your future father in law. How long do you plan on keeping who you are a secret? He's Santa Claus. My dad. You're serious. I'm not making this up. It's all real? It's as real as you choose to believe. more like it. We have waited an entire season, eight complete movies, that were set at Christmas, that aired on Lifetime, or Hallmark, or Netflix, or landed on Tubi, or any one of these places, and none of them, none of them purported that Santa was real. We had a wisp of Santa in Borrowed Hearts, which was also like the the most realistic of any of them, and yet... Nothing. We got no real Christmas magic. The sprinkled sound effect, what was the point of them in any of these? Because it was just people doing stuff that people do, not doing magic stuff that Magic Santa does. So, obviously, it is with that that I join you for the finale of Season 9, stocking Stuffers, the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. Here, where we are specifically, deliberately going after a movie that has Santa Claus. Now, this is a solo episode, we are wrapping it up, so we are going to dive into *Mary In-Laws, and by we, I mean me, though you are joining on this sleigh ride of magic, if you will. When I finish that, I will give you a rundown of the best and worst of the year. I'll do my ranking of all nine movies, nine, not that many, uh, in the past I've done more, this year just kind of got away from me, I will vow next year to do more, but anyway, Merry In-Laws. As you all know from my impassioned speech about two minutes ago I really missed that we didn't have any Santa Claus movies this year And that bothered me So I was trying to figure out, alright, how do I close the season? It's just gonna be me, so I need something that's, you know, a little bit more exciting Because it can be hard to get through some of the more sloggy ones And I need Santa I need magic, maybe an elf, maybe a Mrs. Claus Maybe, you know, some kind of magical star Even something and Mary in laws from 2012. So this is an 11-year-old movie, which again, in stocking stuffer terms, is a good 85 years old. These movies age... Longer than dog years I can't quite figure it out Reindeer years I guess would be more appropriate But Mary-in-laws Had, had been on my list forever Because I saw the concept I saw that I had George Went and Shelley Long And I said okay One of these days I'll get to it uh, It has moved streaming sites Several times It was on Amazon Prime For a while At this particular moment in time I watched it on Tubi uh, Again Tubi is free You do have commercials But it's not that many commercials All in all So it's a site That I always recommend uh, Mary in-laws from 2012 directed a uh, female production team so written and directed by women R- uh, directed by Leslie Hope, who is also an actress Canadian has done a, directed a lot of TV, uh, also an actor has uh, was in one of the seasons of Slasher. so that's how Canadian, you know she is. And Barbara Kimlicker, is, which is a great last name, is the writer on this and she has also done her time in both lifetime and Christmas. Uh, You can look at her filmography, a whole lot of titles that are typically either, you know, something scary, lifetime thriller, or A Cheerful Christmas, You Light Up My Christmas, Random Acts of Christmas, Christmas Scavenger Hunt. All of those were in 2019. So, busy lady, busy women, bury in-laws. This movie is something. Right off the bat, I'll tell you, uh... I had fun with it. It Because it is older, because it is cheaper, I don't know where it initially aired. It is not Mar Vista, although it really feels like it could have been Mar Vista. Uh, so the production company, I didn't recognize. It doesn't have any, like, I don't think this was Hallmark, but again, 2012 was a very different landscape, so it's hard to say. It It's something. Uh, and right away, you know something is different about this movie from a typical Hallmark fare, because it opens with a couple – and they're in bed together, and they are not married. They are not even engaged. They will be in about two minutes after that point. But two people in bed together, and like they're clearly like a couple, and even to the point where he's like pulling her into bed. She's like, "No, I have to go to work. My son might hear." So all you're like, "Wait, wait, she's got a kid. They're not mad? What's going on in in, in this Puritan world of of cozy cardigan Christmas? We're breaking all the rules, everybody. Breaking them all." but the she in question is alex alex is a astronomer a scientist i mean she's a scientist and the science she does is look in a telescope all day which i guess would mean an astronomer but i for some reason they never say that word out loud so i'm not sure if i'm right um she has a son the parentage of this child uh it's confusing there's so much going on okay alex has a five six year old kid named max and Alex is living with Peter. Uh, Peter is a kindergarten teacher. Peter is Max's kindergarten teacher, which, I'm sorry, feels like a huge conflict of interest. I know kindergarten grades do, probably don't really matter anywhere, but I don't know. Like, you're dating your son's teachers in this day and age, politically, I, I, I feel like that's, you wait until summertime. You wait until the school year is out when this kid, he doesn't get the lead in the you know school nativity pageant But if he did and I was the parent of The understudy I would raise hell uh, But anyway They're together she is very science 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 He is very Kindergarten teacher And you find out he is not just A kindergarten teacher uh, He is also the son of Santa Claus That's revealed pretty early You heard it in the trailer so while the film Does kind of take a little time to get there uh no, He proposes Um, In a a terrible, terrible way. Uh, We are, because it is 2012, one thing I will say for this is that it has the uh, kind of toxic male energy that nobody thought of as toxic at the time, if you will. So he proposes to Alex in a cute way, decorates the house for Christmas and has like a little toy, bring down the ring. Except he also does it like with the kid in the other room watching. So the kid's like you know, poking his little head out the corner, being like, yeah, mom, marry him. I'm sorry. It's not as bad as, like, you know, doing it at a packed basketball team in front of thousands of people, but it still feels like you're cheating to be like, hey, you know, I'm a good, going to be a good dad to your kid, and for the kid to be like, mom, please marry him, because you'll ruin my life if you don't, because then I'll fail kindergarten. Uh, And this kid, who obviously we'll get to when we talk about cloning a child, but I do need to talk about a little more on... Who is this kid's father because I'm trying to figure it out I'm like oh okay I guess she's a widow that's weird Or is she divorced I don't know they haven't Said either Uh, We meet Alex's Parents are very uh, Strict So dad is a scientist He is again an astronomer question mark Mom is a therapist Or psychiatrist psychologist They don't really say specifically but she Is in the you know mental health Field of care and dad is very you know there is no santa there is no fantasy you should not marry a kindergarten teacher you should marry this other creepy guy who works with you at the science lab place uh and i thought for a minute like oh is he the father but no uh i posted this picture on both instagram and facebook uh because it is actually rather jaw-dropping i had to watch this at nighttime um my husband had fallen asleep, and I was watching—we were in a hotel, so I'm watching it, he's sleeping, I have my earbuds in, I'm trying to be quiet, and I almost woke up the entire hotel when the sound of my jaw hitting the floor, because there's a throwaway line that the dad, who's very, much, very controlling in Alex's life and has always told her what's good and what's not and what to do and what not to do, uh, he said to her, the one time you didn't listen to me, I told you not to go to that Stephen Hawking con- conference when you were 18— I told you, that's where all the weirdos are. But you went, and you came home pregnant and alone. What the fuck? What the fuck happens at the Stephen Hawking conference? What? I, I mean, that's a movie right there. That is a Lifetime movie right there, I think. But that is just a throwaway line in this movie, and it's so much to take in. And I haven't even gotten to the fact that Peter is the son of Santa Claus. Santa Claus, George went. Uh, Mrs. Claus, Shelley Long Yes, it's a cheers reunion, and it's adorable And they are fun in this movie Which is really nice to see Because a a lot of times, and I think in later years These kinds of jobs became very by the numbers Shelley Long has done a fair amount of Very kind of cheap, awful Like, she's in a couple of the dog who saved the Holiday, Christmas, Christmas holiday, Easter holiday Easter vacation, Christmas vacation, and so on and this is nice for her because she gets to be kooky, she gets to have fun, um, she's giving it her all. George went is having fun. It's a relief, but like also okay. So there are Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, and they have come to meet their son's fiance. She does not know that they are Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. Uh, it is really weird how long it takes all of this to unfold. And I get it, it's probably a pretty hard thing to spring on your fiancé Especially if she's very science, 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 no Santa Um, but it, it, the problem isn't so much that it takes him a long time to tell her this The problem is, it is unclear what this actually means for their relationship Because, is Peter, and first of all, was his last name Claus? I guess it was, I don't know how, you know, that never really comes out, but anyway Is Does he have to be Santa? Like, there's a throwaway line at the very end Where Mr. Claus, or Santos As he goes by briefly Says, you know, I'm gonna retire soon Okay, is it a family business? Is there another child lurking around? Because, like Does Alex, who is now You know, has discovered a new star And stuff, does she have to give up her Astronomer life for Christmas? I don't know. It's fine, it all ends up well There are hijinks along the way but in the end it's the spirit of Christmas Moves everybody, they get married, it's cute We're all happy for them So let's dive in, because there's A lot, and we're we're just getting started here uh, Again, a few other little Things that, oh, okay, one thing that really bugged me I, Now We'll talk about the actor, but so Lucas Bryant Plays Peter, or Peter Claus, I guess uh, I'm not familiar with him, he did look Very familiar, he's in a lot of these kinds of Movies, he's Canadian, he is top Billed in this movie, I think And then it's like then it's Shelley Long And then it's the actress playing the lead And then it's like everybody else And with an and George Went. It's very strange to me that Shelley Long And George Went don't get like the co-and credit Because they're the reason a lot of people Are coming to this movie But what do I know What do I know I've only done nine years of this A lot of sprinkle sound effects Which is appropriate because it is magic So that's good uh, but let's dive in So our female knee lead in need of a lesson In this case we have Alex Alex is played by a definitely Canadian actress Okay, Kasia, Ka- Kasia Warshawski is her name uh, And I actually liked her She has not had a huge career even in these kinds of movies Which I feel like she fits in well She She's interesting because she doesn't typically these parts are very um cutesy young perky but not much there or kind of older veteran kind of slumming in these movies and she's sort of in between like i could see she has you know she reminded me of was um deborah ann wool from punisher she had that kind of energy and i i liked it it, it kind of balanced out with the more goofy peter in a way but her character alex is science science science. Um and you know there's a i think the movie doesn't quite settle on who she is because she's very into science because it's what her dad wanted um and when peter proposes her first instinct is like oh my god what do we do about taxes is it better to get married or not married do i change my name that's going to be very complicated so there's a lot of things like that that they're trying to make her very neurotic and i think in a way this movie should have been more about her than about peter and i think that would have worked both in terms of the performance and in terms of the character because she has a bigger journey to take and i don't think i feel like the movie robs her of that a little bit but um anyway like the actress that's good our bland love interest number two uh in this case again not a widowed dad because instead he is a gung-ho stepdad to be slash kindergarten teacher uh, And, you know, he kind of bothered me There were little things that I thought were going to pile up uh, When he he proposes, she says yes They are having dinner with her parents And, uh, you know, there's like, a, oh, what'd you do today? And she's like, oh my god, I discovered something science-ish That's really important That's going to get us on the cover of Telescope Weekly And she's really excited about this And Peter's like, um, excuse me, excuse me We also got engaged now uh, yeah sure okay getting engaged huge thing yes a very big day in my lifetime but also like the fact that he's just undercutting her immediately when she's like hey this great thing happened at my job that I care a lot about and he's like yeah and also you're gonna be my missus didn't like that didn't care for it he was also kind of an idiot so there was all of those things uh and then at one point Again, like, he's fairly young In this movie, right? He's probably supposed to be Maybe, I don't know, she is specifically Again, she got pregnant at 18 At the Stephen Hawking conference uh, Her kid is six, so she's All of 24 and is a Super scientist, of course He is a kindergarten teacher, I don't know, let's say He's 32 tops And at one point she's talking about him and Says, you know, he really deserves a promotion He he really Works hard with those kids Yeah, he's a fucking teacher He's supposed to work hard with kids. He's supposed to like kids. But, like, you don't become principal the next year of your first tenure there, especially when you end up marrying one of your students' moms. I'm sorry. Didn't agree with his career trajectory right there. Anyway, number three, setting. Uh, a little disappointing. We actually didn't get many real Magical Winter Wonderlands this year, and this is no exception. We're in a town. They don't say what town it is. We don't really see the town it's Canada. That's what we'll leave it at. Number four: dead parents or dead wife? No, no. Again, we we don't know what went down at that Stephen Hawking con- conference, and it might have been worse than like I don't know somebody coming in and um just uh slicing up Shelley Long in front of all of us. That that might have been. Easier to watch than whatever happened At the Stephen Hawking con- conference So I'll give it a little bit of a pass Number five, sassy sidekick Okay We It just gets very complicated We have an elf named Linda I really like that the elf's name is Linda I find Linda If No offense to anybody named Linda But I feel like Linda is a really good joke name For different reasons um, We've named our GPS Linda There's that great joke on Kimmy Schmidt About how women in HR are often named Linda An elf named Linda? Pretty funny The elf in this case? Not that funny No earrings Um, She's supposed to be like bumbling and keeps messing things up But I just found her kind of bad at her job And it was also confusing Because the whole Mrs. Claus and Mr. Claus decide Oh yeah, we can drop everything December 20th And fly down to see our son Because Linda's taking care of it all no, but Linda's there with them. So who is running in the North Pole? I don't know. I'm glad that this movie purports that Santa has really figured out a system for not being there all the time. That's good. That's good leadership. But still, uh, we have another candidate. We have Vicky, who is, <laughs> I was really kind of hoping for a different reveal. But early in the movie, the dad says something to the effect of like, "I told," because he told Alex there is no Santa Claus, and then he tells also tells six year old Max that there is no Santa Claus. And he says, he's like, I should have told your sister that too. Otherwise, this way she wouldn't have ended up where she did. And again, you're like, What, was she also like gangbanged at the Stephen Hawking conference? Like what's going on in this family? But no, Vicky just became an actress, and that's apparently more shameful than anything that could possibly happen at the Stephen Hawking conference. We do meet Vicky later. Um she's free spirited, she's a little kooky, but no earrings. Uh no great outfits either but again it's 2012 they didn't really know what they were doing yet. Uh and she almost is more like giving sage wisdom than giving wacky antics. You could maybe put Mrs. Claus here. It's confusing. Is she here? Is she a sage old person? Again, she does both and she's played by Shelley Long magnificently. So there's that. Number six, evil woman or villain, villainous boss, typically. In this case, we, we do have two active villains, which is nice because we really had very few this year. Our main villain is Alex's dad, who hates fun. This is a big thing. Uh, also hates sugar. And uh, there's another one, which is Edward, who is her creepy coworker co-scientist science partner lab partner i don't know what you call him and he's also just unsettling definitely has played like the creepy guy in lifetime thrillers before uh he's there to sort of be you know somebody in the way of, of true love but obviously it doesn't matter number seven montages we get a few thankfully Uh, The first one is when we're introduced to Peter's job as a kindergarten teacher, where he just has all of his kids making Christmas decorations so that he can then decorate his own house with them. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's what teaching in kindergarten level might be, and I appreciate that it was Christmassy. We get a baking montage, and it's a really, like... I wrote in all caps, this is a real montage, because as we know, we've had a lot of half montages or fake-out montages, this is baking, there is a song about being naughty or nice, it is Shelley Long dancing in a kitchen, it's adorable. And then last, the school play is sort of done as if it's a montage, because it's like, okay, now the cute little kids are doing their nativity thing, but it's... Staged in a way Where I guess They just probably Couldn't get like The complete shot Of them doing it right So it's just Bits and bits and bits And then there's Some electronic Christmas music playing And we keep Cutting to the audience Laughing a lot Like heavy Where you think Like they also had Edibles or something To make this more fun Number eight Slapstick Uh, Okay god I forgot about this So there's other reasons I didn't like Peter Early on, it's like their second night together, and they're trying to sleep, and he's snoring and burping in his sleep, and again, like, we do things in our sleep, that's fine, but like, if you're snoring, be respective to your partner, get a CPAP, go see a specialist, um, in this case, like, he's just gross, and she can't sleep, and that's the thing she there's also slapstick she's a scientist but she doesn't know how to cook so there's wacky antics where she's burning things uh and she jumps and fell out of bed i don't remember what happened but i wrote that down so i believe myself so sage old person number nine um there's a little bit of george went giving wisdom there's a little bit of Shelley long kind of just teaching everybody around her wisdom so we'll we'll take that and again finally yes emily there is a santa Claus. With that, let's dive into the bonus round. Our music choice. There's uh, quite a bit of public domain songs, as you would expect, including Nutcracker Suite, which usually we get a lot of. And I feel like this year, we it, you haven't heard it quite as much. A million different versions of Jingle Bells, including a very, like, electronic computer game version, which is played... Forgot about this. When... Um, when dad steals some of uh, George Wentz's DNA to run testing on. Is that a thing that astronomers can do? Like you can just, I know scientists, but like I think astronomy and biology are very different fields. So I, I don't think like, oh yeah, I look at stars all day. I know everything about the heavens. And I can also swab a cheek and tell you what kind of... Chromosomes this person has I don't think it works That way but what do I know I'm not a Scientist uh, Again a lot of word salad Christmas Songs there oh god there's a really Long 12 days of Christmas which I Just know like They're singing it at the dinner table And it's half of them are really into it and the dad's Face is like literally twitching And I'm sitting there thinking I know you're the villain but I'm with you in this moment I, I identify Here not there uh, Let's see there is our secret family recipes so mrs claus has this pretty cool ability where she like can read somebody's um sweet profile So like she you know is talking to her co-mother-in-law and just magically is like i know you love gingerbread cookies here i made you some i know these are your favorite like she knows that i think alex is a sugar cookies. like she can look at somebody and immediately say you are a Butterscotch Whipple or whatever it might be Uh, So we get a lot of those And again, it's cute because it's Mrs. Claus, what we're supposed to do Here in these movies and which Hallmark didn't get the memo on in 2023 Number three, small business in danger No, but there is a slight worry that Santa won't get his sleigh fixed Because a magical part is Lost and Linda the elf sucks at her job And doesn't realize that Uh, No product placement that I caught Cloying child, let us talk About Maxwell. Oh, he's he's something. Uh, I You know, I get it. Like, he's got a shitty grandpa who kind of keeps making him, like, takes the wonder out of being a child. But Maxwell's also kind of a shitty kid. He's telling everybody at school there's no Santa Claus. Kind of a jerk move. And, again... I know these movies are filmed quickly. I know there's not always the uh, full range of time to spend with young actors, but this boy speaks very monotone. uh, And it kind of, you know, you gotta, it it doesn't quite match the energy of what Shelley Long is giving us, if you will. Uh, We did not have a Finding the Perfect Tree. I guess I'll cut that for next year, because it really didn't come up much at all in 2023. Empty coffee cup acting. Guys, here's the thing. George went. And Shelley Long, were on the greatest show ever about a bar, right? One of the greatest sitcoms of all time. You don't star in Cheers for for George Went for that full run for Shelley Long several years. You you don't play Norm and not know how to fake drink out of a cup. So Cheers to finally like literally Cheers. I'm raising my fictional glass and fake drinking out of it. Not nearly as well as George Wendt can number eight actors trying hard not to take bites out of something uh there's a lot i mean there's a lot of because there's baking so there's a lot of like stuff and i gotta say like ugh, again peter's just gross he's a very good looking man and i don't know if it was like part of the joke was that we're gonna make him burp we're gonna make him snore we're gonna make him just icky but when his mother first arrives and is you know of course like oh i made your favorite cookie and he takes it and he like smushes it on his mouth and then like rubs it into his lips and it is it's like he's putting it on as if it's makeup and it, it's upsetting i did i did not like it. i did not care for it number nine canadianisms uh yes yes and yes uh you can tell by a lot of accents that we are in canada warm weather watch you know i i I didn't clock it as much because they're not outside. Uh, Alex, whenever she is going to work, she is dressed like stockings and boots. She looks like she's going to work in a, you know, mild December. Maybe not in Canada, but again, we don't know that it's in Canada, so it's okay. Uh, Eleven old people aggressively matchmaking. Again, this year, last year, it was crazy. It was everywhere. This year, not so much, including here, because, you know, Mrs. and Mr. Claus are happy enough for their kid, but the other side of that is, if anything, actually... If anything, the dad's kind of really trying to push her on Edward, which is upsetting, because Edward's clearly not well for other reasons. But anyway. And 12, our favorite fashion moment. Uh, It didn't, not a lot of standouts in this one. Alex dresses very, I guess, the way an astronomer would. There and there aren't, you know, there's not a big Christmas ball, there's not big wacky things. Shelley Long is dressed pretty goofy, the whole thing. But I will say, um, again, the year of the coda, we had a lot of codas, which I'm all for. The very end of this movie, um, as soon as you know the credits start rolling, we get a little slideshow of their wedding pictures. So their wedding it kind of looks like a Vegas wedding, actually. Uh, Alex is wearing the sort of like short white little fur thing again, very Mrs. Claus to be esque. But I did appreciate Vicky, the sister, in those pictures had a white pantsuit That, again, felt fitting to the Vegas theme that in my head this was Even though this movie was not in Vegas At that moment, I felt like it could have been So do I recommend *Mary in laws Uh, Kind of? Maybe? Maybe not? I don't know Look, it's post-December 25th So you're probably not going to watch any of these for a year anyway In 11 months when you decide To dive back into this world Of Cozy and Christmas movies This one has Enough weirdness that I Found myself like frantically Typing a lot while I watched it It's goofy, it's weird You have Shelley Long and George Went Being really fun and giving Very goofy, strange performances The lead actress I think is, I liked her Um, I liked watching her, that was good There's just strange things going on here That made it count And again, you finally get a real Santa Claus So for all that, it's a it's a medium Recommend on Mary-in-Laws And again, part of that is just my mood And where it hit me and where it landed I actually, now that I think about this I watched this Christmas Eve evening And then finished it Christmas Day What a weird time this year has been uh, As you all probably figured out You know, the in terms of when episodes were recorded versus when they aired. Uh, I was away the week beginning December 18th, so I had to record most of these before then. And there's a little gap then between the last one we did and then this episode here. So the rhythm gets a little weird. Uh, but all that being said, it's time to wrap up the year. So here we are. So what we're going to do, we're going to first do my ranking from nine to one of these movies, and then I'll go into some of my favorites Or my favorite and least favorite things that hit some of the tropes. So, we covered nine movies this year. Uh, We're going to talk about all of them, so let's start with... I will say right off the bat, no full-out duds here. In past years, we've had some that were insufferable. I didn't hate watching any of these. And some of them I might have been affected by in different ways that I didn't expect. But in terms of looking at the list, what was my least favorite? Uh, And the one that I would say is definitely... One that I don't think anybody has a reason to watch. Number nine coming in. Number nine was the first episode, Mistletoe in Montana. Uh, this was Lifetime, directed by Kelly Martin, starring Melissa Joan Hart. Set in Montana, filmed in Montana in July. It, it's it wasn't terrible. It just this was very by the numbers Lifetime. It felt even if I didn't hadn't read about like the hell of filming this movie. You kind of felt that there was no magic there. It just was very by the book. So nothing remarkable. That's number nine. Number eight. And immediately there's a huge gap between number nine and number eight. Uh, I'm going to say kind of went back and forth here. Because I liked this a lot more when I watched it. And then the more I thought about a lot of it. I'm like, but it didn't finish. It it did have like hanging threads. And you can't do that in these movies. And I liked it more than my co-host on this episode Dear Jason Fozzie Nelson But I'm going to put to the Christmas setup Which was the second episode we did So far we're going in order If that might be a trend Uh, Christmas setup was the Fran Drescher The gay romance The gay romance aspect was pretty good in some parts But the movie itself was I don't know, it was lacking something And didn't feel fully coherent So that's going to be number eight Number seven, I think was the third episode I uh, recorded, maybe and this one, it, it's a tricky one to put here, because there's things about this movie that are really funny, that really work, that are really different and special. But also, overall, I kind of hated the leads, and the, even though I like the actors, and that makes a difference when you're actually invested in a movie or not, and invested in a relationship working. So number seven, I'm going to say, was Xmas. That was... I can't remember if there was a hashtag in that one because there's nine different versions of an Xmas Christmas movie and I some have hashtags, some don't. This was the one with Leighton Meester. Uh, yeah, Xmas. It's funny. There's things about it that are laugh out loud funny. But overall, if I'm really thinking what worked for the Cozy Cardigan audience and what it's going for, I don't know that this one fully worked for me. So we'll see. Number six. Uh, again, this is where things get... Off the rails, very quickly. Because, guys, you know how much I loved Borrowed Hearts from 1997 with Eric McCormick and Roma Downey. And Hector Elizondo as the devil or an angel. We haven't figured that part out yet. Uh, yeah, it's number six, but that doesn't mean I don't recommend it heavily. Please watch it. Number five, uh, th- the most typical, probably, of the Hallmark movies. But I think the more I've thought about it, the more I've thought, you know what, for what it was doing... This was a really crisp version of a Hallmark Christmas movie, and that is A Merry Scottish Christmas. It's the Leisha Chabert, Scott Wolf one, set in Scotland, filmed kind of around near Scotland. It' not life-changing, but it knows its formula and it knows what it has to do so well, but does it with a little more professionalism than some of the the other ones that you'll find, so um, I'll put it there. Number four, I don't know, sure, Mary-In-Law's. Now that I'm thinking about it, I might have moved swapped four and five. but hey, Marionette in-laws was weird. I it kept me guessing I didn't know we were gonna have a reveal of the wild sex antics that go on at the Stephen Hawking conference. So for that alone, it sits at number four. Uh, and now our top three, our bronze medal of the season, goes, it's an Olympic year, so I it really is a bronze medal. I, the movie that made me maybe cry made me well up, maybe just a bit. I, I can't say that out loud I Don't quote me on that But yes, my eyes felt fuzzy When I watched My Southern Family Christmas With Bruce Campbell and Moira Kelly uh, I don't know, didn't, didn't hit everything Didn't, felt, was more a dr- family drama than romance But the family drama stuff I thought was actually handled really well And Bruce Campbell was great in it So that's number three Number two, our silver medalist would be Mystic Christmas Also a Hallmark production from this year And uh, what Can I say it, it did a few things Differently than your typical Christmas movie Which was nice And had a really good lead Had really snappy dialogue was Had a, a nice directorial style It just moved well So I appreciated how how well it worked And again it felt like a movie Which you don't always get here um, Cough cough mistletoe in Montana And number one Uh crazy, not what I would have expected, but come on. Which movie do I think to myself do I keep thinking of and smiling and keep thinking of and saying, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll put this one on in the background next year. It is of course Christmas Full of Grace, which was just zany and funny and bawdy and all these things that you don't typically find because again, it's not an American cozy cardigan Christmas movie, but yet it had that feeling Translated to a different culture through a different lens and I'm glad really glad I watched it and I next year one of my goals will be to definitely work in more international titles Uh, With that some other trends that we caught this year Uh, Quite a few movies where we had the men changing their lives for women Uh, Typically, it's the other way around, where the woman decides, "Oh, I think I'll stay in this tiny, small town with, you know, no job opportunities." But in this case, we had several movies where the dude was like, "Hey, I'll move to where you are," and that was Mistletoe, Montana. Uh, That was Exness. That was not Christmas setup. Not Mary Scottish. It was one more. Um, My Southern Family Christmas, where the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm tired of my town. I'm gonna go travel the world with you." Not something you see every day, and I appreciate that. We had flyers. Flyer distribution was big for both Christmas Full of Grace and Mystic Christmas. And both of those are my top two. So, I mean, lesson for 2024, if you want to make a good Christmas movie, add flyers into your movie. It makes a difference. Peacoats are always trending. This year, though, they really, guys, I mean, everywhere. And I think this is, again, where I look at my... Uh not my merry my merry scottish southern family christmas Barred hearts a merry scottish christmas where lacey chabert wore nine coats over the course of 90 minutes That's a movie that is made by people that know how to make these movies and have made a lot of them And i almost wonder if it's almost a meta thing now that they are directly putting in there for savvy Watchers to be like ooh, that peacoat that peacoat it just, it seemed so ridiculous that I feel like it was unintentional. But again, you also had multiple codes in several other movies where characters were going somewhere for like three days. And then the last trend of the year that I will say, and again, I don't know how I feel about this, but we've had some very competitive women. Uh, Mistletoe Montana, Xmas, Mystic Christmas, quite a few of them where you had, you know, women at game night who were kind of had to pull back and, and that kind of thing. I'm a competitive woman, so I see that, and I say, huh, okay, what are we saying here? What are we, are we just pointing it out? Okay, just, so I don't know what we're doing with that yet, but I did want to point it out. On to a few more of the best and worst, so running through our leads, who was the best lead? I again I look at the top two movies because both of them and typically that is the thing that is going to really make or break a movie is how much do you care about these characters and Jesse Schramm in Mr. Christmas and Yessica Kayane in Christmas Full of Grace who gave the bonkers performance again um, Carol dubbed it the human raccoon just I don't know what she was doing. It was everything, and I want more of it. Uh, and Jesse Schramm also just had great comic timing in Mister Christmas, which you don't always get in these. Um, worst, you know, nobody was really a dud. I think Melissa Joan Hart kind of was was struggling in in Christmas in Mistletoe Montana, but again, based on everything we've learned about the bears and COVID, I kind of understand it. So even though I'm not their biggest fan for a lot of reasons, I'll, I won't go too rough on that. Uh, favorite love interest. It's tough because we had a lot of, like, guys that were actually good for the women, which, again, not always the case. Uh, you know, uh, Chandler Massey was, again, in Mr. Christmas last year or a couple of years ago. He was in Last Stop Christmas, I think. A good find for Hallmark. He brings a neat energy. But honestly... Who actually gave, like, the best performance as the love interest? It's Eric McCormick. He knows what he's doing in Borrowed Hearts, and he's really good in it, like, as an actual performance. Least favorite love interest? Eh, you know, in my Southern Family Christmas, the guy was kind of dull, but he also was the one that's like, I'm going to change my life for you, so I give him credit for that. So instead, I'm going to say Peter from Mary-In-Laws, Toxic Man, Alex Run, You Can Do Better. Setting, our favorite setting... We didn't really have magic, which is a shame, because you know I like my magical winter wonderland. So my favorite setting, I'll say A Merry Scottish Christmas, was in Scotland, kind of, Ireland mostly, but it looked cute, and we'll go with that. Uh, Also had, like, kind of Wicker Man undertones, and Midsommar undertones, so credit there. Least favorite setting, I still have been awakened at night here and there, wondering why did the Christmas setup say it was Set in Milwaukee When it was filmed in Canada Why Milwaukee? We didn't do anything with Milwaukee What was the point of that? And that bothers me I'm not going to let it go so easily Our favorite montage That's easy Not my favorite movie of the bunch But x misses, hallelujah Getting to the airport Leaving for the airport Not actually leaving That scene is laugh out loud funny It is done brilliantly um, With very good comic actors And worth watching that movie Favorite dead parents um, You know I'm a dick what can I say uh, I just appreciated how it was Less than three minutes into mistletoe in Montana When uh, we get A comment about dead mom And how dead mom it's like oh sorry Your mom's dead now you have to stay in Montana There was just weird things going on there And I appreciate that uh, Also this is So sort of in the like is this a good thing Or a bad thing the almost killing of Michael Hitchcock in Xmas. I can't decide if that was a great move or a terrible move, but I need to point it out, because it was wild. Uh, And then I'm like the low, the worst list of dead parents. We had a lot of are they dead? Why are they dead? What happened here? And it just made things confusing. My Southern Family Christmas, what happened with Bruce Campbell's dad? Something that drove him away from his family. Borrowed Hearts has like an evil dead dad. I wanted more. It was very V.C. Andrews feeling in its tone. Uh, Xmas. And the Christmas setup both seem to have this sort of like, is there a dead mom? I don't know. We don't talk about mom. Here's a dad. Give me more, people. Don't you know what you're selling? Uh, favorite sassy sidekick. Oh, oh boy. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know if I put Shelly Long here because it feels like beneath her to call her a sassy sidekick, but she's great in Mary In-Laws. So I would probably instead say... Everybody in Christmas Full of Grace. Uh, you have a lot of them. You have sisters, cousins, sister in laws. You have Lobster Earring sister and her TikTok boyfriend. All of these things go a long way. Our favorite villain. Um, you know, again, rough year for villains. We didn't really have them because Christmas movies have gotten nicer, and I, for one, don't care for it. So therefore, I have to give a little credit. As much as I found the fact that I didn't like them a problem for the overall movie. Leighton, Meester and Robbie Arnell are also very funny, and the fact that they were kind of jerks in Xmas was entertaining. So I'm wildly revising where Xmas falls on my list, but I'll I'll put them there as the best villains. Slapstick, favorite slapstick. Uh, again, Christmas full of Grace has human zoomies, which is wild. And the thing that made me laugh hardest, I think, this year of any Christmas movie, was the gag of her being thrown off a horse is done so funny. Uh, that you just you have to see it to understand Why it's so good Favorite stage old person uh, I like that we had hot divorced parents In Mystic Christmas and I thought they gave good advice But my heart belongs to Moira Kelly Who is so lovely in my Southern Christmas It's so nice to see her there um, She looks like a grown up She plays that part beautifully And even though the character Is like kind of manipulating Things in a way that isn't Necessarily great. She's so good and warm that I forgave her for it. So I'll put her there. Favorite Santa. I mean, okay, we know who the who the winner is there, but I also want to give a shout out to a runner up, Jamie Sheridan. Apparently passed out while filming Mistletoe in Montana, probably because he was dressed as Santa and it was 103 degrees. So I mean, I appreciate your work, sir, and your commitment. Hector Alizondo maybe played Santa Claus. I don't know. It's still very confusing in borrowed hearts but he's there and i appreciate that um christmas full of grace maybe had a subplot where our lead was the daughter of santa claus it's not really explained but i you know it's something but obviously it's george went as santos Claus in Marian in laws uh, a few others in the bonus just to shout out for music it was a big year for Word Salad. There were so many. Christmas Setup, I think, had the most egregious ones, but look out for it every year. It's my favorite new thing. Uh, and then the worst for music, um, depending on how you feel about bagpipes, A Merry Scottish Christmas goes for it. Favorite family recipe. My Southern Family Christmas has, like, a plot point of the whole, well, I can't tell anybody about my family, my recipe for meat pies and of course, it's got to be human, right? I mean, we're all agreed on that. Good, it's Bruce Campbell. Yes, okay, good. Uh, least favorite family recipe. I just want to say Merry Scottish Christmas went a little overboard because it was every other scene was some batch of words associated with the Food Network put together and with cinnamon. And it was just a lot. Favorite small business in danger. The f- Merry Scottish Christmas keeps showing up here because it was so cozy carding and Christmassy, so it fits these things so well. And I am just fascinated by the idea that a small town is going to, like, Brigadoon disappear if we don't have these Americans take over their royal titles. It didn't make any sense, and I kind of love that. Uh, However, my least favorite small business in Danger, like, because I don't know if it was in Danger, I don't know if it was saved, I don't know if it wasn't saved, Christmas Setup, the gay train station, what happened to it? I don't know. (sighs) next was product placement um this was the year so aside from xmas which really went hard on like Heineken and um like the security system and some other things it was a big year for travel and not all these movies were made uh this year or post covid but it felt very much that without i don't I don't know how intentional it was but like a Merry Scottish Christmas is selling Scotland. Christmas in Montana, Mistletoe in Montana is selling Montana. Uh, the My Southern Family Christmas is very much going into like the bayou at Christmas. Go to Louisiana in December. And then for whatever reason, again, it's a mystery. The Christmas setup is like, come visit Milwaukee. We're the land of dreams, even though we're in Canada. I don't get it. Uh, favorite cloying child... Well, okay. This is you know f- what does favorite mean here? Really liked the kid in *Mister Christmas*. She was funny. She had good rapport with the rest of the actors, uh, but also like really loved to be boggled by the choices made by the little girl, Zoe, 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 in *Barred Hearts*. I just her the the kid who had like the, the nervous tick was she would run and climb trees. Again, watch *Barred Hearts*. It's not good, but I need everybody to watch it. Um. A few other call-outs. Our favorite empty coffee cup acting. Again, it did not disappoint. Yes, we had some real movies with real actors, so they knew how to drink. But we also had the two, you know, main young characters in My Southern Family Christmas just bopping around with these empty cups, and it was just egregious. So I need to shout those. Uh, Favorite not eating. Instead, I'm going to... We had a fair amount of them, but I really need to give a big shout-out to Chandler Massey. In Mister Christmas, I, I respect an actor who comes to set with an empty stomach and says, I understand I am filming scenes today where I am supposed to eat pizza. I will be eating that pizza. Damn continuity aside, damn however many retakes it takes, and I will have eaten a lot of pizza. You better keep baking it. Keep baking it to look exactly the same in every scene, because I'm going to fucking eat that pizza. He eats every bite of food in this movie, and I... Respect man, respect Warm weather watch uh, (laughs) Obviously Mistletoe in Montana Which does At least be smart enough To mention that it's unseasonably Warm but still it's Montana And it's December and Everybody's sweating through light Long sleeve clothing Uh, Also big shout out To Xmas which is not They don't say where they are Again, we know Canada, but they don't say it out loud, uh, except that they are ice fishing and they are freezing, but they are, um, not wearing any coats while they're ice fishing. And so they're complaining about the cold, which seems unreasonable. And they have a space heater on everything about that really bothered me for continuity. And, um, I mean, last, the big one was fashion. And I, my favorite thing I added this year was the fashion watch looking for those great outfits, I think thematically, the thing I'd say I noticed more And how much of this is the fact that I will be 42 And how much of this is that these movies are doing this differently But the older women in these movies dress fabulously Fran Drescher in the Christmas setup Has this like beautiful green cape thing um, Lady Sophia in Christmas Full of Grace Every outfit she wears is just... I, I can only dream, you know? Uh, so these are things... appreciate it a lot we also separately from that again christmas full of grace was the winner here because you had wild wild sparkly hot pants and all sorts of things very lots to admire and um again not to be obsessed with it but so many peacoats my god the peacoats i am still shocked that there is not a more direct shopping line between hallmark and the things on display in these movies and okay obviously it's a network so there's commercials this year i'm sure there was a daisy sour cream reference in some of the movies that i just didn't watch this year you have things like that usually they used to be big on like the balsa hill fake trees would appear in the movies all of that is fine but you know that there are people like okay there is a twitter account today that just posts about what contestants on jeopardy wear and i think it started as a cute little thing but also it's something that you look at and you're kind of take notes from because there's a very particular jeopardy silhouette where it's you're only seeing you from the top up and you have to blend in with the blue background but you can't but you don't want to stand out too much and so on so there's like a little art to it and it feels like hallmark which i Clearly, does care about what its characters, particularly women, look like in these movies. There is thought put into these costumes. Sometimes they are probably reused between movies, but you notice it. Lacey Chabert wears nine fucking peacoats in that movie, and they are all fabulous. They are all peacoats that you look at, you're like, "Ooh, that color is great. Ooh, I like that pattern. Oh, it's a different cut. That could be cute." And it just it's surprising to me that i can't immediately go on hallmark.com and see a link to some of the things that you saw in this movie and where you can find them it's just a missed opportunity and i'll say it knowing that maybe in like a year there will be a you know hallmark amazon shop where you can go and buy all these things just putting it out there Uh, And that's what I'm putting out into the world this year as we wrap up 2023. It's been a great one. Uh, Thank you to all of my guests this season. It is such a delight for me to do this. Again, started... Somewhat as a joke Somewhat as just something I felt like I had This energy burning in me That I needed to address These movies And what they do And figured This is as good a format As I need to do that in And it's really evolved Into this great conversation Uh, It's a great chance For me to connect With so many Great talent out there Great podcasters Great writers Please If you have not already Check out all the guest episodes Check out their work They're all amazing Incredible People that inspire me Uh And, you know, this, as always, is just fun. It's stupid. It's enjoyable. It's a good way to just kind of distract you from some of the other stuff going on this season, which can be rough for people, including me. Um, But as always, I appreciate your support and you joining me on this sleigh ride of holiday nonsense. Christine will be back very soon when we return in 2024 with, you know, I don't know, something, like, probably bloody and filled with, like loose limbs and whatever else are the movies we cover like complicated twists that don't resolve themselves but aren't the christmas setup that kind of thing please join us follow us in the places we're on instagram at the feminine underscore critique underscore pod i think we're on twitter kind of at feminine underscore podcast we have a facebook group that's probably the easiest way but i understand people don't like facebook i i can't figure out the red skies it's hard i'm old i am lady sophia i am not christmas full of grace and anything you can all do to interact and, and help i mean like spread the word i don't really care if people listen i just want like that if you do listen please um Talk to us, let us know things Let us know what you think If you have suggestions for next year's Christmas shows If you have guests that If you are interested in guesting Or have people that you think Hey you should talk to this person because they're fun And also like this stuff Please share the word Um, Find me, easiest way is at Twitter and Blue Sky At Deadly Dolls And with all of that I hope you all have an incredible new year Incredible Christmas, Kwanzaa, Han- Hanukkah Whatever else happens these weeks and months and winters and such. Uh, again, I know it can be a weird time for a lot of people. It's not a great time for everybody. It's a great time for other people. So, whatever it is, I hope you have found your peace. I hope you're ready to start fresh in 2024. And whatever you do, do not put all of your faith in an elf named Linda. Do, 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 do. Santa's watching. Santa's waiting. Christmas Eve is slowly fading. Can you hear him in the night? Close the door. Turn out the light. Santa's watching. If you've been bad, There might be a treat for you In Santa's bag of toys But Christmas won't be fun and games For naughty girls and boys